You're listening to Everybody Eats, where we sit down with the best and brightest hustlers, entrepreneurs, go-getters, and professionals. Join us as we create the ultimate network and change the business narrative from the ground up. All right, let's do it. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Everybody Eats podcast. This is our first episode of 2021. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. So uh, it's, it's it's a blessing uh, to continue to be doing this um, in the new year. Um, got some really great content coming up for you guys. So um, before we start, make sure that you uh, like, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Everybody Eats Podcast. We have all our episodes, all our past episodes are on there. Um, all our future episodes, they will be on there. So make sure that you're subscribing to our YouTube channel so you're staying up to date and all that. Um, also on all our social media, Instagram, everybodyeats.pod, Twitter, EBEpod. You want to make sure you're following us so you can be up to date on all our content, all our posts, videos, all that good stuff. You don't want to miss out. All right. So um, on that note, today we have a really, really special episode. So normally we kind of have like a business twist, but today's episode is going to be a little bit more of a conversation. Um so a couple of weeks back, uh, I had the pleasure of being on the Cultured Unplugged podcast YouTube show with Chris Rudder. Uh, he was also a former guest of ours on the podcast. So it was a great conversation with Chris and Brian. Um, so I was like, dang, like we have to continue this on our podcast. So uh, that's, that's where we are now. So before we start, uh, Chris and Brian, if you two can introduce yourselves, what do you guys do? Where are you guys from? So you give a little background and then we could uh, have that conversation started from there. So Chris, if you could go first. Joe Bansky, first of all, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and honor and I'm very humbled to be here. Um, again, my name is Chris. I'm act- I am the host of Cultured Unplugged and I am really dedicated to helping um, young black men thrive and succeed. And my full-time gig, I work as a small business consultant for a major bank. Um, I'm from Brooklyn originally, Brooklyn Stand Up. I'm currently living in the DMV area. And so 2021 is really about the next chapter and that's really giving back. So I'm, I'm truly happy to be here and be a part of this topic. Sure, for sure. I'm Brian. Um, you know, he- hello, everyone. Um, always a pleasure to um, fellowship with like-minded individuals. Uh, Binsky, thanks for having me. Um, obviously, um, you know, this is again, this is the second time I've done anything like this. So um, it's new for me, um, but it's nothing new about, you know, fellowship with good people and basically, you know, what I call like just a, a meeting of the mind. So a um, little bit about me. Um, I'm actually born and raised in Eastern North Carolina, like close to the beach. Um, from there, I moved to DC and then into Maryland. And now I'm in San Antonio, Texas. So I done moved all the way across the country, brought my family. Um, I am a a, a very proud black man first thing first first and foremost but you know right after that and kind of right next to it i'm a family man um devout husband devout father um i work in the financial um industry that's actually where chris and i met um and then also too in my leisure i do have my own personal training business um very important for me to you know help people achieve any goals they may have um personal training is one of the mediums i do that through but you know i'm really serious about people achieving their goals and their full potential in any capacity perfect perfect so um 
love to hear it, right? Love to hear it, love to see it. You know, definitely. it's a pleasure having you guys. So, um, you know, that's definitely some great perspective um, to, to, to have on today's episode. So um, to get right into it, right? So uh, the purpose of this conversation is kind of talk about, you know, what is masculinity, right? So I guess more, um, more specific, we could talk about black masculinity, but I think masculinity as a whole, you know, that that's uh, you know, uh, that's that's a lot to you know to to unravel. So, uh, if if we could just start with, uh, you know, how do you define it, right? So, right, let's get a definition there first, um, and then we'll, we'll open that conversation. So, um, how would you define, you know, what is what is masculinity in um in in your own sense? So, Brian, you you could start off first with that. Oh, I got to start first. All right. Okay. So, um, all right. So black masculinity, um, if I can narrow it down, I would say, you know, what does manhood mean to me? Um, obviously manhood means to me, obviously through the realm of masculinity and through that lens of masculinity, it's kind of hard to look at it just in that sense, because obviously you can have very masculine traits, but you may not be a man. Um, so obviously black masculinity to me is obviously embracing who I am as far as like how God put me on this planet. Um, and whatever you believe is fine. Um, whatever you believe in is fine. Um, whether it's the universe, whether it's nature or whatever, um, I'm interested in fully achieving how God put me on this planet. Um, obviously that was a son first. Um, now I'm a husband. Um, whatever part of my family first, my community, um, however I can be an integral part in those aspects and fully achieve those goals. And I'm talking about a positive aspect, whether it be from a nurturing standpoint of providing, producing, making sure that other people know how to provide and produce also, um, the nurturing side of masculinity. I know a lot of people don't think of masculinity as nurturing, but it, it is in the, in the purest sense of it. Um, that's the definition, a part of the definition for me. Um, also, masculinity is also being that counterpart in the universe to feminine energy. You know, obviously we all carry masculine and feminine energy. And obviously, you know, I wanted, I'm part of that, that yin to the yang, so to speak. Um, obviously, there's a negative connotations to some attributes of masculinity, depending on how you use it, um, how it is... Um, it, how it's conducted, just like electricity. Um, you know, obviously the choice to use masculinity in a productive way, that's when you start achieving manhood. Um, so that kind of, it, it's hard to just put it in one definition, but that's what it means to me. Got it. Definitely understood. And Chris? So I have to go back a little further and a little deeper because, you know, it's, it goes back to historical sense Whereas uh, when you think of black masculinity in, in relates to America, you have to think about it as a devalued culture. It's a devalued existence uh, and years and years of having to prove ourselves as not only um, men, but as black men. And when I think about uh, character and I think about uh, who we are as far as identity, you know, those things relate uh, very well to what black masculinity really is. And so uh, I think about leaders uh, in, our, in our history going way back 
that we can relate back to. Maybe, you know, you look at uh, Thurgood Marshall, you can look back at Medgar Evers, you can look at, I mean, these are, you know, prime leaders that were for uh, uh, civil, you know, civil, civil rights. And it, it, it goes so deep, you know, especially in American history of us always having to say, look, I am a man you know, and, and I'm a black man and I deserve these rights and I deserve to feel um, that I am, I have value, I have substance. And it's so sick because I've seen, you know, the, his, like the historical things and going back into like the slavery times, obviously, where you had uh, a Euro the European culture that were doing everything they can to feminize you know, black men and to make them feel, to break them down, you know, to separate them obviously from the, from the woman and whatnot. And those things run deep, those experiences, that history, that nasty, that evil and dark history is so deeply seated within us that we, we almost have to, you know, break the barrier and we have to kind of go against the grain and, it's just so much things to go with. I mean, I, I kind of feel like I'm going in, going in right now early, but I, I feel that, you know, from experiences and I feel like, I feel that through culture and I, I feel that through um, neighborhoods that people, um, you know, a, a lot of us are, are lost, man. A lot of us are, are, are misguided. A lot of us are on the right track. And I, I think it's, again, it comes back to a lot of disparities and a lot of feeling of being devalued. Understood. Uh, you know, I want to hear your your piece since you weren't on the on the YouTube channel. So I want to hear your piece of you. Uh, how how do you define it? So um, my definition is going to be pretty basic based on um, my personal experiences. Uh, I just feel uh, masculinity uh, in and of itself is just overall uh, being a, like everybody usually says, protector, provider, and like Brian said, the the counterpart to the feminine energy and um in my personal like life uh, i think it's just being there for your family and those around you just being a positive influence passing on positive lessons um and just and just um being there to reinforce you know like kids grow up uh loving their mothers more for the most part or that's what we're told right and in my case that's true so to me masculinity is just letting like being there and and letting my kids know and even my family know that hey i'm also a shoulder to cry on you know you don't have to always go to um your mother or your my sister your aunt or anyone else you can also come to me you know i'm going to give you the same response you know if we, we can both sit here and cry together we I, I can sit here and just listen you know i don't have to give you advice i can simply listen and and just be a, a source of wisdom for you so that's my definition Sure. So um, that was that would be a somewhat uh, definition for myself. I think, um, you know, for me, it kind of goes back, uh, you know, looking back on like how, how my father taught it, like accountability. I like that word nurturing. Um, I like hearing that a lot because I feel like, again, that's not really a word that you kind of, or maybe you don't normally associate masculinity with, with, you know, nurturing. Again, like, I kind of like what Edom said, that's something you normally think about like growing up, like crying on your mom, you know, or crying to your mom, like that's more of that nurturing spirit. Um, 
but I think that's a part of masculinity, right? That's a part of, to me, um, I think a, a lot of it comes back to just being responsible, right? If you're gonna be, um, you know, either like a father or husband, like you're supposed to be taking care of your significant other, you're supposed to be taking care of your family, you're supposed to be taking care of if it's, you know, your other siblings, like you're supposed to have that nurturing aspect. Um, so I, I definitely like that word. Um, so I think for me, it comes, you know, it comes down to being that nurturing figure, being, um, being accountable, being responsible, being that like provider. Um, and I feel like sometimes, you know, those words, you know, being a provider, being, you know, maybe being ahead of the household, a lot of those, sometimes those kind of come off as like, um, I want to say negative, but sometimes they kind of have like a negative connotation to them a little bit. Um, because maybe it feels like, oh, you're kind of in that either, macho position you know but I, I feel like that kind of goes back to responsibility and i don't think there's anything wrong with responsibility there's nothing wrong with being responsible you know for your family there's nothing wrong with um you know like you know what people like to say like you know the buck kind of stops with you right if, if you're a father figure or you know you you, you sh i don't i don't see anything wrong with that if you abuse your power or you abuse that position then i think then it, that's when we start getting into you know toxic masculinity or when we start having you know that negative connotation but i don't think there's anything wrong with it in and of itself as long as you're doing your part and you're you know you're not like I said, like abusing that power, you know, thinking like, oh, I'm the head of the household or I'm a man, you know, I order people around or you can't do this to me or I expect, you know, dinner being ready at this and this time when I come home or like, I'm gonna start yelling, you know what I'm saying? Like once you start getting to that, then then I think, you know, you lost it, right? But I think in and of itself in quote unquote, like it's purest form, like I think all those responsibilities and stuff like is, is a real positive light. Um, and, you know, I don't, again, yeah, I don't see, I don't see anything wrong with that. So um, I guess like my, my next question would be, uh, I guess it's kind of loaded. Like, I want to say, where does that come from? But, um, you know, I guess, yeah, I guess like, why, why do you think, or what, what do you guys take on like, why a lot of those, you know, points of masculinity kind of come off as like a negative, right? Like, why don't we necessarily see nurturing or think of nurturing, you know, as, as like a masculine trait, or like, why don't we see that quote unquote shoulder to cry on as like a masculine trait? You know, like what, what, what would you guys take or what would you be your guys' opinion on, on why that is? If I could start that off real quick. So my thing is, it's it's uh, again we kind of go back into the word like culture and it's always in my opinion we always always been made to feel like you can't necessarily show emotion you can't as a man as a, especially as a black man you can't uh be able to have that nurturing piece because that may show you to be uh you know have feminine ways or may show you to be a little soft or whatnot and i think that's a, a big misconception because if anything it's it's actually um, quite the opposite, you know, being able to express yourself. But we, we lean on a couple things too. I kind of kind of give it to historical factors. When I go back to, and quote me on the dates, I know Brian would probably be able to, to quote me on this one if I'm wrong here, but we go back to the, the age of Lyndon B. Johnson, I believe, um, you know, around the 60s when you know, they were breaking the families out of the households. They were, you know, the separation of the, mass, the, the men, the black men, out of the homes um, and the women were dependent on, you know, welfare, instituting that whole program. And so once all that stuff started to really be in, be in place, or is it either Joe Ford, one of the two, but one of those things came into place, it changed the dynamic. It started to come up with this culture 
um, you know, of men where you, you've seen a shift. You've seen black men, uh, you know, obviously they're quote unquote not being there uh, for their kids, not being a provider in the household. Um, so all that, that, that big dramatic shift, I'd love to touch more into that just so be able to have a better understanding if I'm wrong on that one. But I, I really believe that's the, the historical factor comes from that. And it led to this generations and, and of, you know, of us that are, you know, quote, unquote, hey, we, we, we can't have this motion. We're out of the household. We're doing what we want. We're being, quote, unquote, lazy. We don't, we don't do anything. Um, and, and I think that's a big misconception. Brian, would you take, what, what do you think about that? Because I, I feel like I've lost the translation I mean, from that one, but I feel like. No, 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 no. I think you were actually, like, right on point. Like, because, like, you know, obviously the question that Binsky asked, um, people have, like, short-term memories. We all do. I feel like we don't really have a long-term memory. We just have a short-term memory. And, you know, all of us can probably attest the more and more history we learn, like real history about ourselves and where we come from, it's a reoccurring thing. We're living out a reality that really we didn't design, or we're not the authors of the culture that we kind of adopted. So it's kind of hard to define what's a negative and positive connotation about masculinity or femininity when I think a lot of the times when we kind of come up against the wall or we hit a brick wall or we don't know why we're at each other's throats or we don't know why that, you know, you got these men go their own way groups and then you have these like fanatical feminist groups because I'm not, some of the feminist groups are great, but I'm talking about the fanatical groups that are just like basically separatist groups. Why do we have this, we want to throw each other away culture right now? It's because a lot of us really don't really feel the need to go all the way back to the beginning of, is it even our culture? You know, I'm really big on like the universe and how it works. And when you're not living out your true place in the universe, you're always going to have resistance. And when you talk about like in the seventies at the end of the industrial age, when, you know, black families, 70% were married, you know what I mean? Like 70% of black families had it that nucleus. Now, I'm not saying it was all peachy cream and it was all happy marriages, but that's a big deal. You know what I mean? Like when you go from 70% in 1971, I think it's like 1976, it was down to like 25%. That, that number doesn't lie. You know what I mean? So that devaluing and the negative connotations that come with some aspects of masculinity, it stems from a lot of that. And Chris, you were completely on point. It's like, it all comes down to a devaluing, um, not seeing value in what masculinity or what manhood can be or what womanhood can be. And it comes back to the, the reverse is true too. It comes back to a, you know, how, if I don't even know how to value you, how am I gonna see value? You know what I mean? If I've always seen you through the prism of the culture that we live in as a lesser than or a subservient or you can't be emotional you can't do this you can't cry you know what i mean like you know <clears throat> grown men can't hug it's like it's all this like we're just so pent up because we have these weird connotations that we're going off of and we have no idea where, where we start where we begin you know what i mean so I, I totally agree with what you were saying chris it was on point appreciate it definitely so, so nah, go ahead, yeah so i really love like when i first heard um uh, on on Chris's podcast, um, Brian say we're not the authors of it. I think that is the answer to so many questions in regards to um, 
uh, masculinity, uh, black masculinity and just black culture in of itself. Cause, um, I think I, I meant to add this to my definition of, ma of masculinity, specifically black masculinity. Um, we need to, uh, undo and, and weed out these, uh, behaviors and, and ideas and, and, and concepts that we learned from white people, you know, um, uh, back to the time when we were slaves and, you know, um, slavery was abolished and all that stuff. You know, we, you take these people uh, from their countries and they're here on this shore, they don't know how things work. So they're gonna look to their, um, their former slaves, uh, uh, slave masters and all that stuff. You know, you hear some people even stayed with them because they had got nothing else. And so that just, um, it sticks, it sticks. It definitely sticks and it gets carried on. Um, so that's why you get this 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 rhetoric of of um, of uh, black men come then taking what they've seen in in uh, white households and and going to go uh, apply that in their own households when they have a family and and their kids and all that stuff all that um whether it be I guess pent up uh, aggression or or anger and stuff um, it just gets perpetuated and and in order to I feel really find our own definition and and idea of uh, black masculinity we need to weed out those behaviors and 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 realize that um i don't i in personally i don't think black men are oppressors but yes we can uh, um um what's what's the word uh enact i guess uh oppressive behaviors right so i think in to 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 find a proper definition and get rid of all these negative connotations that's part of it I was going to say too, and I like how Eden brought this up as far as, you know, we look at European culture um, as a means to, you know, kind of bring the, the table um, to us or be at, the, be at their table. You know, they have a, a, an award show. We feel like we have to, we, we find value in their award, um, their award ceremonies. If they have, you know, um, there's some type of recognition, we want to be recognized by them or we don't find value in what we do based on what we have and what we built um, to be just as good um, to our white counterparts. And that's something that I find that's always been historically the case. And so now it's almost ingrained and you look at it, you know, in, in, in fashion and, and entertainment, um, and, uh, even vehicles, all, all these different types of things we look to and we value hold so much weight on. We, we, when we come up with something by ourselves, I'm like, Oh, that's going to be, you know, uh, $10 less, that's 50% a lot less. It's not nowhere near greater than a, you know, uh, a Prada or a Louis or something like that. I know I'm kind of not taking off track here, but I'm just going based on a, instead of us, you know, waiting for them to kind of recognize us and see us and is, you know, we have to really find value, get back to this point of finding value within ourselves and being able to say, Hey, we are, it's enough to be recognized by, you know, X, Y, Z, us, of uh, you know, one of us, whatnot. That's where I think that we also got to get back to. Uh, for sure. Um, so not, not to stray away from that point, but something that Eden mentioned, um, kind of like post-slavery kind of made me think of, I don't know if you, uh, any of you guys had a chance to visit the African American museum, um, in, in DC. Um, but not yet. I'm, not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's a definitely, definitely beautiful. Um, but I believe there's, there's a section, um, in that museum that kind of goes over like the history of like minstrel shows kind of, um, that yeah. kind of happened, you know, or that, that became very popular late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and a lot of that, 
you know, thinking about that is how they perpetuated like male stereotypes, right? And how, um, you know, the hypersexualized black man, right? The aggressive black man, um, the one preying on the white woman, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like a lot of those shows, that's what they would show, right? People dressing up in white face and it's always the black man acting crazy, acting fool. Um, and I think unfortunately, um, one that plays into like stereotypes in the media, right? That plays into like, oh, like how do we view the black man? Hypersexualized, thug, gangster, this, that, and the third. Um, so one, and I think, you know, once that plays out in the media, whether you're black or white, if you see that all the time, like obviously that's where it started. We don't, we don't really see too many menstrual shows today, but like, if you talk about like where it comes from, right? If you're seeing that all the time, whoever you are, you're seeing that in the media, that's a lot of, a lot of that is going to go into your subconscious bias. And I think if you're, you know, maybe if you're white or, you know, whatever race and you see that subconsciously, that's where you're going to start thinking that's what black men are that's what black men do right and unfortunately if you're black and you see that also in the media you know you might start to think maybe quote unquote that's who i am right that's what black men are even if you're black yourself if you don't know better if you haven't been taught better you know what i'm saying or you know if you start feeding into the stereotypes you know what i'm saying that's that's where you know eventually once it starts to get into the community and it spreads it's clipped you know what i'm saying like that's that's where i think that's where um you know a, a good amount of it could spread in the in the media then also you know that kind of goes back to what chris was saying earlier about you know separation of the black family um in one of those in that youtube video um you know that that uh that went out they kind of spoke about like how during the uh you know civil rights era um you know one they were saying how civil rights era a lot of it was embodied in the church and then also what made up the church was a lot of black families you know what i'm saying so like that kind of like showed the importance of the black family having that nuclear family um once you start going into the crack era um you know black men taken out of the families families getting separated um again that's going to you know start perpetuating new stereotypes drug dealer stereotypes poor stereotypes um you know black men aren't there in their family stereotypes um so i think right if you're white and you see that right that's where your, your stereotypes and your subconscious bias like oh that's what a black man is and unfortunately if you're in that community you grow up in that community or you're black yourself you may start thinking about your you know you may start thinking that about yourself as well and i think that also ties back into value valuing yourself right because if you grow up in an environment saying this is what black men are this is how i'm supposed to be maybe right right if all you see is is you know in the media it's like black men doing this and the third you know crimes drugs whatever then you might think to myself oh that's all i am right maybe that's what i'm destined to do you know i'm this black man you know what i'm saying unfortunately you know, and that could have negative impacts on how you be yourself that could be you know how you treat your fellow brother and then generational and how you know you, you raise your kids you know so i think that kind of you know stems in like you said valuing yourself you know once you start seeing a better purpose start kind of going back to where you said like once you start seeing a better purpose for yourself how you're supposed to act you know um then it's easier to target certain behaviors or target certain stereotypes and be like hey like even though that may be in the media, that's not how we all act. Even though that's maybe in the media, that's not how we all are. You may see that in the street or in your neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? And be like, yo, that's, you know, uh, a behavior that that's not good. Or I shouldn't be acting like that. I shouldn't be passing that on. Um, so I think that's kind of, you know, kind of stems in from a, a lot of it, where it comes from black, you know, black masculinity and black stereotypes, where that comes from historically. Um, and then unfortunately, yeah, it comes back to valuing ourselves and you know, how we act out and pass on to other people. Hey, Bensky, so, so all the fellas, first of all, I totally agree with all you guys. So I'm gonna share a quote and you guys have probably heard this. It's from Neely Fuller. He said, if you do not understand white supremacy, everything else will confuse you. 
Mm. Have you guys ever heard that? I think I've heard variations of it. Yeah, so, but not that. So what that means is this. So, and I'm real big on calling stuff what it is. And this is not making excuses, but Bensky, what you just touched on, you literally broke down one of the major components and aspects of how white supremacy works. Um, black men have been, we've been victims of one of the biggest, you know, per, perpetuations of projection in human history. You literally said like how we chase our tails with, I think this is how I'm supposed to be, but I'm not sure. It's a reason for that. A powerful force, you can't get on a train track and stop a train. You gotta either redirect the train or get off the track. When you think of masculinity, you know, obviously they'll show you Bruce Willis or Arnold Schwarzenegger on TV, but when people are out in just normal social settings, when you see a powerful black man, you just know this is period. You know what I mean? So, you know, obviously the black man has always been at the apex of what most people generalize and think of as masculinity. And that's something that goes back to slavery. And so again, you got it. That train's coming down the track. You, you enslaved all these men. You know, we, we weren't all just like going along to get along. A lot of us were slaughtered because we chose to resist. A lot of us were raped. A lot of us were killed. You know what I mean? It's a reason why our women outnumber us by so much. And it ain't just because we're in jail. You know what I mean? So how you broke that down was so on point, man, because you basically talk about what really was happened to us. But it didn't just happen. It was deliberate. You know, obviously that media, those media campaigns and those menstrual shows, that was for us. A lot of people think it was for everybody else to be scared of us. No, it was for us to not really fully achieve who we were and to hang our heads, be ashamed of who we were, and basically not fully achieve our masculinity because we were taught to be ashamed of it because we thought, yeah, but I'm an abuser. I'm this. I'm not a nurturer. I can't cry. You know what I mean? And then along the way, we lost, okay, along the way with how white supremacy works is I'm going to also infuse in them that they're not supposed to fight back, that they're not supposed to speak up, that they're basically supposed to argue with their women rather than be accountable, control their emotions and figure things out with their women, their mothers, their daughters, you know, their sisters and their wives. So you just broke down something that's full circle. One of the, it's a, it's a, that's a campaign. It's not something that just happens. That's something that's very, very deliberate to put in our minds first. Those media campaigns are for us. That's what people don't realize. Yeah, it makes everybody scared of us, but we're the first ones that are like supposed to be scared. Um, you know what I mean? Not to like, you know, kind of, you know, go in on somebody, but I use Terry Crews as an example. Yeah. I love Terry <laughs> Crews. Great movies. Great guy. But when some of the stuff that he says, how powerful this man is and how subservient some of the things he says that are so disrespectful to black culture, that's an ultimate example of that. You know, it's, it's, it, looking at him, it's silly because a white guy's like, man, this dude could like fold me a hat. He could say whatever he wants to say. But in his mind, he feels like he has to play this role yep. to, to fit into a certain system. You know what I mean? So I appreciate you saying that. I think it's commercialized. That's, that's another thing, too. You know, you get a certain certain type of level, it seems as though that seems to be a, a running theme um, for a lot of men, uh, especially men, black men who are in power and some sort of power. They don't, um, they almost have to uh, downgrade themselves. You know, one of the things that came out, like when Nick Cannon said, you know, he was talking about, um, you know, black people are the, are the real um, Israelites, are the true Israelites, and he, and he brought that to light. You know, they automatically, 
um, canceled him. You know, they automatically uh, restrained him and put him under. And then, um, you know, and that was, you know, was, that's like a running th- a, a thing that's happened recently. Like, you know, if you speak against something that, or, you know, you speak truth in, in some I- ideology, um, you're ultimately the enemy. And, yep. and so I, I think that's a, that's a really jacked up situation, but we have to understand that, you know, just like how Brian, you were talking about Terry Crews, that stuff still goes on, you know, and it's almost like in hidden messaging uh, subliminally, you know, with, you know, the commercials, watching TV shows. I think you and I, Brian, we had a conversation about, um, you know, when we're looking at HBO, we're looking at uh, certain type of shows. Like if you've seen that move, that show, um, Oh gosh, what is it called? The uh, it's it's called the Watchmen. And yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, you know, in, the, in the Watchmen, you you know um, the guy who was I guess the the the, the black guy who I think it was like the father or something like that back in the fifties. They kind of showed you the whole yeah, talk and everything yeah. like that. And he was, you know, mess, you know, a white dude was messing around with him. And so it's like, yeah. what's, what's, what is, what is those themes? Like, what are those, the meanings of that? And I kind of started to question it ever since, you know, you, you and I, Brian, we talked about it was why, why is uh, Hollywood painting certain, certain kind of pictures and um, based on um, our culture. And so I, I think that thought threw me off. It's, and you know, it's Chris, it's very like, it's weird because you can't like sully the conversation because obviously, you know, real men we're going to respect people no matter what their lifestyle no matter what their place is so but when you bring things up it's like weird like everyone wants to throw everything in the same bag you know what i mean no i'm not talking about you know every culture every gender every type of lifestyle being respected and displayed on tv i'm talking about certain messages that are more prevalent than others and i'm it's like you're asking questions you know what i mean um asking questions is fine. When you make determinations and make judgments, that's where it's the wrong thing. But asking questions should be fine, but we can't even ask the questions. You know what I mean? Or you mentioned Nick Cannon, you know, Nick Cannon couldn't even stand on what he said, whether it was right or wrong, but a white man can be wrong as strong and wrong, but they're going to stand on it. And not only are they going to stand on it, but they're going to get backed up by this person, this person, this person, this person. But, you know, obviously, even if we speak truth or whatever, you know, obviously we have to be broken down because, you know, you can't let that fester. That's one of those like stay in your place type things. You know what I mean? So. I want to like, you guys brought up so many points. I like, I have a note like on my phone right next to me full of a lot of things that I don't know what to pick out first, but um, I'm going to go back to um, your episode. You guys did uh, Brian, you mentioned the statistic about uh, black fathers being in the home. Um, oh, yeah. The, the percentage, I, f- I forgot, but uh, you said it was uh, pretty close as uh, compared, I think, to any other uh, ethnic it's actually, group. Right? It's actually higher or right on par. And this was um, okay. as of 2017. Um, now, we, now we're not in relationships. That's a problem. See, that's, that's yeah. the problem, but you can pick and choose stats and say, and basically push whatever your agenda is. It's easy to say that black fathers aren't in the home, but, but we are in the home with our children. We are in our children's lives. We may not be in the home, but nobody's in relationships anymore. But of course, it's easy to say, you know what I mean? Like it's how you can flip stat- statistics to make a point or push a certain agenda. You know what I mean? And I think that's just, that's also the issue. I think it also falls in the bucket of uh, we're not the authors of it. That just falls at the issue that statistics and and black men were just used, uh, like, uh, I mean, not to really quote the video, but to push a political agenda, push or further it. And, um, 
when you mentioned that statistic, I asked myself, I was shocked. And then, you know, I had to take a step back and wonder why I was shocked, you know, like why, why should this surprise me? Cause I do know, you know, thinking back, you look back, I, I do know a lot of black, black, uh, black, black men, my age with fathers in their house, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of their, you know, whatever goes on behind closed doors, they're in the house, you know? Yeah. So that to me bothered me. And, um, I think that just goes to show with everybody else, um, just this uh, subculture of violence that's portrayed in the media of black men. You know, we're seen as as savages and 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 uh, violent people. You know, uh, from very young ages, and it just makes it harder. Uh, or 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 like you said, it, it, it's easy for us to keep our heads down. You know, um, uh, I think Bensky and I we talk about this all the time. Um, when you see stories of of black men. Um, committing a crime or whatever and and it's on something like cnn and that gets broadcasted globally you know you you're you're my parents i'm nigerian so you know they have cnn on all the time no matter what you know (laughs) and um you you see that and you come here and 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 you're told um hey be careful outside you know you're black you're a black man you're you know i you know i never questioned it you know at a point it was like all right mom you know that's fine 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 but then you really have to just sit and and I just sit on it. I feel like a lot of people just don't ask that second question of why they just accept it as it is. And that just goes that, that, um, that follows your point of, uh, of these statistics being, uh, flipped or portrayed, uh, favorably against black men. Uh, and I, a lot of it is statistics and, and other stuff is just, you know, unfounded facts. Cause nobody is, there's no real study for black men. There's nobody like, you know, giving numbers about this. Someone will just say, um, just some, some broad statement or generalization about black men and it gets published. And then, like you said, backed, you know, especially in the age of social media, it just gets backed. False information gets put out. Um, there's some pages, you know, I see on uh, social media, like embracing black culture. You know, I think that page is full of crap. A lot of the time it's full of crap. Um, if you really like look at the page, the posts and the things they post, I, j- I just feel like uh, it's very minute, but it's real like dividing at the same time. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, really get into it, but, you know, do the research and look at it for yourselves and, and, and think back to what we're talking about. It's a lot of just like uh, uh, trigger words that that people use and say, like when you listen to uh, um uh, you know, politicians like, like Trump speak, you know, he always associates uh, China and foreign foreign countries with adversaries or, you know, threat, some form of like a threatening word. And, you know, and you buy into that. If you keep listening, 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 if you keep reading that and you, and you just see like um, you just associate these actions or pictures with, with negative things. And you see a, you know, a black male at the picture of it, or you see uh, a, a black woman associated with something positive. You kind of just keep that going. And then people, you know, they get, they then just, especially um, after, you know, this summer, a lot of people on my feed have been putting on their social justice warrior hats. And I think a lot of them need to take that off because they're not doing their research. They're not, they're just, of yeah. like taking whatever they see and then putting it on their platform and spreading misinformation. And it yeah. just, it, it continues to, to, and they don't realize it themselves. It, it continues to, to perpetuate that negative stereotype. And then, and they think they're doing a service. And if, you know, try to go and, and, and um, call them out on it, you're met with a lot of pushback, a lot of pushback. Like you said, yeah. a, like, like Nick Cannon, he got silenced, you know, lost while and out something he came out with you know like it's just to me it's just mind-blowing that that we can't 
you know, um, uh, when you, when you like, like, uh, celebrate ourselves without being met with, but, you know, or don't forget y'all did blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing to me and no one really questions it, you know? So that's why like, um, a perfect example of this is, um, we all saw that video I sent out and surprisingly enough, one of my friends who did not see the video, I know he didn't see it. He posted something exactly like that. He's talked yeah. about, um, he, he brought up statistics and, and, um, and, and all, a bunch of numbers. And the sad part was he put that on his close friends and not on his regular feed. So it just goes to show that I feel like, um, if he had posted that on his regular feed, he would have been met with a lot of anger and ire from, you know, um, whether it be, you know, black women or white women, or, you know, it doesn't matter who I feel like he would have, like he, there's a reason he felt the need to put that on us, on his close friends. And even building off that, um, I posted that tweet from the video, which was, you can't be pro black and, and hate straight black men. I was met with, it was one person, but you know, this person just felt the need to, to always argue one. with me. Always one, always one, you know, just, <laughs> and earlier, earlier in preparation for our discussion, I posted on my um, Instagram, um, a lot, a bunch of questions about uh, whether toxic masculinity exists. Um, uh, it was, what was it? Uh, does toxic masculinity really exist? And then I, I asked everybody why, right? And um, a lot of the answers and responses I saw were just very inconsistent. And, and it was just very like, it was just, it was so, it was just like, uh, they weren't describing anything. They were using the words manhood and masculinity to describe toxic masculinity. And I'm like, what, what do you, what do you, what is, what is this? It doesn't mean anything. And, and, and I'm just so lost because, um, it's, it's all these negative traits and stuff that people have just associated with masculinity. But to be honest, these can be uh, perpetrated by both genders, both sex, doesn't matter what sexual orientation you are, you know, you can do this. You can be homophobic. You, you could be a, a, a man or a woman and homophobic. You could be, um, a violent, you know, somebody said not listening to, 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 to women is part of that. I just, who says only a man cannot listen, you know, who says only a man can, can perpetrate these behaviors. It makes no sense to me. And, yeah. and, you know, I was called uh, ignorant and stupid and a misogynist and sexist for fighting against all of this. So, I mean, you know, it, to me, it just yeah. blows my mind that all these points and facts are just literally being proven. Half these people don't even know the definition of these words. They don't. So they're, they're just throwing it out. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, so that actually kind of goes into the next point. I kind of want to save toxic masculinity for the my second bad, segment. My bad. Nah, nah, no, it's definitely a good point. Um, so let's do this. Let's go into the quote of the day, and then let's save the last segment for uh, we can go over toxic masculinity, and then after that, um, we're gonna talk about some solutions. So we want to always end on a positive note and be solution minded. Um, so I think we did a good job covering a lot of where this comes from and a lot of the issues of it. So then um, again, we'll do toxic masculinity and then talk about some solutions uh, for black men in the black community. So um, Edom, when you are ready, we can uh, switch over to do that quote of the day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So start off, you guys aren't gonna guess who said this, because uh, <laughs> it's from it's from an anime I was watching, but um, we could definitely talk about it. Um, so the quote is, 
He who climbs the ladder must first begin at the bottom. Mm. So right. my, me personally, I think uh, uh, I, I literally imagine the ladder, but you know, the ladder to me means a lot of things, you know, and especially in the sense of this conversation, you know, breaking down the, the nasty rhetoric of, of masculinity and black masculinity uh, or even black people to begin with, you know, um, you have to start somewhere, you know, it's, it's people still talk, um, people use stairs as an example, usually more, but you know, it's the same thing. You have to start at the bottom. It's it, and ladders are, are big. They're, you know, I, for the most part, I think they're bigger than stairs, but it, it's, it's not easy, you know, and it's, it's, it's scary. I think ladders are definitely very scary to, to climb, especially if they're all the way flat up against something. I, that, that to me is, very scary but you have to start somewhere you have to start at the bottom you can't start at the middle you can't i mean unless you're an expert ladder climber you can't really skip a rung uh effectively um you have to start at the bottom and and work your way up i so think that's my symbolic you know it's definitely symbolic to um, whatever you're putting effort into whatever you're putting um you know energy into and so if, if it's if it's something that you're looking to achieve, if it's, a, if it's something that um, having understanding, like some of the basic things is having understanding of your yourself, your oneself, having understanding of you, the people that are around you, your culture. Uh, if you're able to grasp that, if you can get down to the very bottom at the very root of it, of your existence on this earth and what it really means to even be here in the first place, then you then you can fundamentally have an uh, idea where you're going. You know, to have understanding of, of your being, your history, um, and the social makeup of yourself or who around you, then you can be able to say, okay, as the ladder, so to speak, right, you're looking up, then you have a place to kind of uh, put energy and focus into to really be able to overcome it or able to get to the top. For sure. Um, for me, I guess the, the first thing that kind of came to my head was like started from the bottom. Now we here. Right. And then also kind of, um, you know, going back to now, but lifting as we climb mentality. Um, so um, no one has all the answers in the beginning. Right. So like no one starts off knowing all the answers. Right. So you have to start kind of like you said, like you kind of start from somewhere. You kind of have you have to have a foundation. Um, kind of have a foundational knowledge. If you're pursuing something, you have to start from, you have to have a good base. You have to start from the bottom and then from there um, you scale up. Right. And then um, that also kind of ties back into, you know, the lifting as you climb mentality um, where, you know, just being able to, as you're going up, being up to help somebody, you know, who, who's doing the same thing, you know? And like the first thing, like right now that kind of comes to my head is like Chris and I, like, I know, you know, just like asking questions about simple like podcast stuff, right? Like when you hit me up, like, oh, like, how'd you do this? Or like just now before we started this video, like, yo, how do you, you know, make everyone's, you know, the camera speak up? Like little things like that is just giving back and helping each other like move up, you know what I'm saying? So, um, that's like the first thing that kind of came to my head is like, you got to have either foundational knowledge before you go, um, before, before you start any venture, business, whatever. You have to start the foundational knowledge um, before you go up. And then while you are going up, just always lifting as you climb. That's just something that's always in my head. You have to look back and help people bind you. Well, for me guys, so the first thing I thought about is that ladder is definitely in the basement. If you guys catch where I'm going with that. Yeah. So that ladder is definitely it's, it's not going upstairs. We in the basement. You know what I mean? We in the bottom floor right now. 
Um, and in reference to this black masculinity discussion, starting at the bottom, for me, it, it basically, obviously in a lot of the research and things that I've noticed is, you know, the people that I embody as heroes, they always come back to one common theme of knowing where you begin, but they also say, don't leave behind the things you want to leave behind. Just like I can say the statistic about black fathers being there for their children, we have to have a code of conduct. And it, this is the true definition of masculinity when it comes to accountability. We have to have the, a code of conduct where we can say one stat that shows how amazing we are, but we also got to figure out why we having so many direct domestic homicides. Why are we killing our women? You know what I mean? Why that number is so high? Why the numbers are so high with molestation and incest within our black communities? It's a lot of things that I feel like we're so wrapped up in either subservience or self guilt that we won't just like stand on it, but we got to stand on the good and the bad. And if we have that code of conduct, when we embrace the underbelly and the worst parts of our culture and our society and how, you know, our other males carry things out, we then we'll also be able to really tell people, no, this is how we're, this is how great we are. You know, this is what we accomplished give us all of our music back. Like we will be able to really claim those things once we embrace all of it, but we can't just tell half the story because that's what we're victims of being told an abbreviated portion of our story. Now, you know what I mean? By another, by another group of people. So we can't adopt that mentality of that whitewash mentality and tell only half of the story of what's going on with us right now. We got to figure, and that's how we are going to figure out why we do certain things those behaviors that they always try to hang on us. A lot of times there's some truth behind those, those negative behaviors. We got to be able to define it ourselves though. I'm not going to let you define it. We already got it covered. We're going to clean up, you know, what's in our house before we come on the front porch. You know what I mean? But we got to like know how ugly it is and how beautiful it is. That's very important. I think because a lot of times when you think about black empowerment, everyone always talks about music and the, the good things but a big thing about how you empower yourself is knowing where you're your weakest, mm -hmm. where you've fallen way, way short. You know what I mean? That's masculinity. Like really falling on the sword and saying, yeah, man, I'm really, you know, we, we, so to speak, we fucked up. You know what I mean? This is where we really got to clean things up, but we have to be the ones to say that we can't let somebody else dictate that for us. And that's the problem. We letting other people dictate the pace for black men. And meanwhile, we're, we're seen as, the most masculine, but we don't act that way. You know what I mean? Like we, we know, we know the case, like we, we, we'll shoot each other, but we'll let a white cop beat our mom right in front of us. And I'm not saying that we need to start going on a killing spree, but think about how insane that would be if that was a white guy, you know what I mean? You know, we need to like really look at the stories that we're given, you know, as amazing as John Lewis is, if John Lewis was white, they wouldn't celebrate him. Who's the white John Lewis hero that they celebrate? They only celebrate people that are what they consider the true essence of power, dominating people, you know, retaliation and, you know, taking over, taking advantage of weak people, you know what I mean? But they don't really allow us to truly achieve that. We, we just need to say what it is, not other people. Um, and a big part of embracing the negative parts of our culture that we're responsible for is a big one that we got to really embrace for us to embrace how great we are too. So that's what the latter kind of, you know, signifies for me. 
Nah, definitely. So um, I kind of want to build off of that last segment and kind of use that to go into that last uh, piece that you just said and use that to go into our last segment. Um, I kind of wanted this to... Uh, Should I repeat the quote first before you oh, get yeah, into yeah. that? Repeat, All right. repeat the quote before we end this and then we'll move on. Okay, so uh, one more time. The quote is, he who climbs the ladder must first begin at the bottom. For sure, for sure. So um, so building off of the last thing that Brian said, um, I want to kind of speak about, you know, a little bit of toxic masculinity, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because we, we go on that all night. But I think the most important piece of toxic masculinity is kind of like we said, is accountability for both the good and the bad, right? So that could be masculinity or, and that could just be, you know, issues in the black community as well. So kind of like wrapping that up into one. Um, that's a part, you know, of being, to me, being, you know, masculine or just being a good human in general is that you have to be accountable for your actions. No one's perfect. So we have to admit and we have to recognize like, yeah, like we do have some really good uh, qualities and really good traits that people don't recognize. And we also do have some, you know, bad traits that we have to acknowledge and look internally and be like, hey, this is not a good trait or this is not a good, you know, characteristic, so to speak. We have to fix that or I have to fix, fix that, you know, if you're talking about an individual. Um, you know, that kind of makes me think about when people kind of uh, bring up like, oh, like, what about black on black crime? You know what I'm saying? And it's not to say that black on black crime doesn't exist. It's not to, you know, try and denounce black on black crime in the community. Um, but kind of like you said, it's kind of like, to me, the way I see black on black crime, like that's, that's a black community issue that we have to first acknowledge and then we have to fix ourselves. Don't let outside communities, you know, dictate and start telling us what about black and black crime and like those black issues. And and really, does it exist? Does it? Does black on black crime really exist? That's a big thing. To me, to me, black on black crime. All right, when, when people say, well, what about black on black crime? To me, it's just crime. You know what I'm saying? Because exactly. it's like, a lot exactly. of times, yeah. like, it's not, it's not like black on, I don't mean black on black crime in a racial sense. Like when, 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 when a brother kills another brother because for some J's or, you know, for some other beers, yeah. and it's not because of your skin tone. It's just, it's just crime in the community. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean by black on black crime. Oh, no, I'm being facetious. You, I, yeah. I agree with that. <laughs> I agree yeah, with yeah, you. I just sure. want the listeners to know, like, yeah, yeah. people kill who they're next to. Nobody yeah, yeah. from bumfuck Ohio is driving all the way to DC to kill black people. People kill who yeah. they're next to. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So exactly. So yeah, that, I'm with that's that's an issue within the black community, right? If, if you want to label it just crime, black and black crime, that's just an issue in the black community ourselves that we have to be like, yo, we definitely have to do better. You know what I'm saying? We had um you know, a couple episodes ago, we had our brother uh, Maxwell Ampadu. You know, he he was selling, you know, he sells sneakers, um, and he was saying how like he got he got shot because he was uh, he was selling a pair of sneakers. Dude ran up on him. You know what I'm saying? And like, thankfully, he survived. I think he said like the bullet, you know, got like almost punctured his lung. But like that's that shouldn't be happening. You know what I'm saying? Like that that stupid stuff shouldn't shouldn't be happening. You know what I'm saying? But you know, in order for us to advance, we have to look at those. You know, we have to look at those faults either within us as an individual, maybe as a community, if you want to be more broad. And that's how we say like, all right, you know, we need to stop this action, clean it, and then move forward. You know what I'm saying? So um, at the same time, you know, it's, you know, we have to be responsible. We have to be accountable for our own actions, the good and and the bad. So um, if no one else has any points, um, you know, sorry, wait, I, I want to add to accountability yeah. just a little bit. Um, oftentimes I feel like, uh, I mean, that's my word for 2021, that and intentionality. Um, there's so much lack of accountability everywhere. Um, 
I feel like uh, a lot of things get pushed to one party, especially because I feel like in, in, in situations where accountability matters, there's always two sides. So one side is always uh, getting the blame, I feel. And really in order to move on and, and carry on one, one like both parties need to, to swallow their pride and it, it, to a degree, they have to admit they're wrong and, and come together uh, in some form of the middle and admit, hey, I played a role in this and I played a role in, in um, so I, I mean, I'm going to associate it with uh, um, masculinity and, and, and toxic masculinity. Um, so like I said earlier, I did a poll talking about um, toxic masculinity and what masculinity is. And uh, I forgot what, uh, what response um, triggered this. Um, um, so I think, I think uh, someone said, sorry, I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, the idea of being uh, a man is often shaped by uh, media and pop culture and isn't always healthy. And uh, he also added something else, but my response to that was um, uh, often, Oh, someone said uh, mothers play a role in it as well. And I said, oftentimes uh, when a child is raised, well, uh, you kind of give credit more to the mother. Right. And when, when uh that's my opinion so sorry if nobody agrees but oftentimes when a child is raised well you often give credit to the mother and when he's raised wrong you look to the father or you look to the lack of a father you know so um i just think there's there's a, uh even in that that statement i mean um uh or that idea or people who do that kind of you you know you're not holding uh yourself accountable because i know people with two parent households and you know their child's a piece of shit and and it just like <laughs> they have both parents in the house. So what do you, what do you, uh, who are you blaming there? You know, and, and, and both are in their lives. Both of, you know, I've seen them both pop out at events, school events and this, that, and the third. So you, who, who are you holding accountable? You know, who are you blaming? You know, and I think you should look to both parties uh, no matter what, you know, cause, cause at the end of the day, like, I don't think anyone is personally holding a gun to your head to, um, perpetuate these ideas. So another example is my mom, you know, she's, she's from Nigeria. Both my parents are, or, uh, immigrants from Nigeria. And my mom has very, uh, my mom has some ideals. So I have long hair, you know, it's not really traditional or whatever. And, uh, my sister had cut her hair short. So my dad went and said, um, Oh, my sons want to be girls. And my, my daughter wants to be a boy. Right. Haha. Ha. It was funny. I laughed. I laughed because I thought it was funny. But, you know, even past that, you know, my mom every day is, is, is talking about, uh, you know, cutting my hair. It doesn't look good. It's feminine. And um, uh, oh, where was I going with this? I lost my train of thought briefly. Um, but um, outside of that, even with my sister, she's always trying to force her to cook and this, that, and the third. And yes, I know um, uh, in, in, in foreign households or, or I guess foreign countries, these, these ideas of uh, gender roles are very strict and, and uh, uh, there's no uh, fluidity as much as there is in the United States. But I think, especially coming from your country to the United States, you have to hold, um, I think you, sh you have to hold uh, uh, both parties accountable because no one is forcing my mom to keep these ideas up. No one's holding a gun to her head and saying, hey, 
if you don't tell your son to cut his hair, you know, I'm going to, you know, hurt you or do this down the third. I think like people, people are capable of their own thought, you know, in this sense, you know, in this, in this specific example, people are capable of their own thought. And my mom is stuck in her ways uh, from what she grew up with. And you can't say there's no room to change because people can't change. So it's my thought. Sorry if it was if it got lost anywhere, but no, nah, I, th I think I think no, nah, I definitely um I definitely heard that you know that point before, and I think it kind of just goes back to like you said, just like holding holding both, like you said, both holding both parties accountable. It's not just a one sided oh only you know men perpetuate this or women perpetuate that. Like both parties are capable of doing both good and bad, you know what I'm saying? Like, or both our parties are capable of, you know, maybe perpetuating certain stereotypes. It's not just, you know, one or the other, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, like you said, it comes down to how you believe and how you do it yourself, you know what I'm saying? So you can't be making these grand, grand, you know, statements, big blanket statements, uh, all men do this, all women do that, or something like that. Like, it, at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, that, that individual, kind of like in that YouTube video, you know, like if you had individual, if you had a bad individual experience, experience with a black man or bad individual experience with a black woman that doesn't give you the right like you need to go seek help or counseling for your situation that yeah. doesn't give you the right to go and blame oh, all black men are trash all black women are this you know what i'm saying like no go fix your own situation before you start blaming you know the whole next party generalizing um, whole race generalizing, of people exactly. you know like you can't do that exactly so i think um you know that kind of leads to the last, you know, last point. Um, we always want to end on a positive note. We want to be solution-minded, right? So we spoke about a lot today. We covered a lot where, um, you know, the steam of masculinity came from, um, how it's affected our families, toxic masculinity, how it's affected each other, how it affects our communities. Um, so obviously not one person has the answer, um, but I want to start thinking about how are ways that we can mend these amongst ourselves, amongst our community, um, how are ways that, you know, even mentioned before, we have to weed out some of these behaviors, right? So I think, you know, that's definitely, you know, one key aspect. And I guess like, yeah, like, how do we start weeding out, you know, um, or what are ways or what are some solutions either amongst ourselves or amongst our community, we can start doing to, you know, prevent these bad traits or bad behaviors from being passed down. I think we got to be able to own it. I think that's the, the first thing is, is being able to recognize it, own it. Um, and have, you know, communicate about it, you know, being honest about, hey, this is where we can do better. This is where we can focus our attention to. Um, and I think it's having those healthy conversations um, within ourselves, our families, um, and then with our, you know, just overall friendships. And I think if we're able to at least be able to say, hey, this is where we lack, this is where, um, you know, I'm not afraid to be able to, to check ourselves. You know, one of the things we are so afraid to do is we don't necessarily um, are not open to just being able to just say, hey, you know, being uh, critiquing each other or, or being able to say, hey, this is where you could do better. This is where you could do this, whatever. There's nothing wrong. I think a lot of times we take that as an emotion, like the emotional standpoint, somebody trying to attack us. Um, and so we get, get the emotion out of it of feeling like, you know, hey, somebody's out to, disrespect us or somebody trying to play us or trying to get a one-up on us i think we got to be able to dismiss that and being open to it and you know just being able to check ourselves at the door a lot of times when we walk out you know we're automatically thinking about oh you know we can't um do this or we can't do that or we have this certain negative connotation we got to be able to just get all that out and be able to 
um, really be be open to um, to, to really change. That's for sure. Now, for sure, I, I definitely like that. Um, you said kind of like checking yourself out the door and being open to change. I think definitely like you have to be able, you know, accountability, accountability is one aspect, you know, but then also, like you said, like you have to be able to have that mental capacity to accept feedback. You know, I think about work all the time, right? Every quarter, every so we have to, you know, meet with our manager, get feedback. This is what you're doing well. This is what you got to work on. Right. And I think that's an important aspect, um, to be doing in our everyday lives. And I think, you know, amongst your friends sort of, you know what I'm saying? Kind of like checking your friends a little bit, right? They always say that you're gonna be, your behavior is gonna be like the people you, you spend your most time with, right? You're gonna be, they say, you know, birds of feather flock together, all these different, you know, pretty much all these different phrases to, to talk about, you know, your, your, uh, your company and who you're around. And I think one key aspect about, you know, having good friends, you know, is being able to, you know, give feedback and be like, yo, bro, like, nah, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, you know, I know maybe you think it's funny or whatever, but like, I don't think that's a good, you know, habit. I don't think that's a good trait. Or maybe I don't think you should have said that, you know, and not being offended. Obviously, you know, there's also like an art in saying things, right? Because you can check somebody and say something, say somebody, uh, say something to someone in a rude way and they won't understand it. Um, but, you know, being positive here, right? You know, being able to check your friend, check your boy and be like, hey, like, I don't think you should be acting like this. I don't think that's a good behavior. I don't think that's a good trait. And meaning it wholeheartedly, not in a I'm judging you way, not in a I'm trying to, you know, be rude to you way, but in a genuine, I, I love you as a brother. I love you as a man, you know? So I want to make sure that we're doing, you know, you know, I'm, we're helping each other grow, you know? And I would hope that, you know, you do the same thing for me. If I'm out of place, I'm doing something that shouldn't be, you know, you're checking me and making sure, you know, I'm, I'm being all right. You know what I'm saying? So I think, I think that that's the key. That's the key part. I think, um, building off what you said, it just really, like I told you offline, Bensky, it, it comes down to also, um, listening to uh, black men, uh, once we have these conversations, of course, you know, like, uh, so like Chris said, it starts with having these conversations. And then too, it starts with listening to black men because you're not gonna, you know, um, uh, in, in the phrase, in the term of uh, black masculinity, you're not going to find any answers by listening to, uh, um, a white scholar, you know, publish whatever, you know, this down the third they publish or, or what, you know, uh, an emotional response, you know, you have to listen to, to black men. If it's black masculinity, you can't, um, not give us the space to, to talk about our experiences, um, what it means to us and, and how we want to do better. You can't mute us and, and silence us. It comes with just listening. And on top of that, like you said, uh, accountability also, uh, plays a role into it. So realizing our part in, in, um, our negative behaviors and, and just continuing to, to make that change. Uh, I like that. Um, so for me, I think it's obviously spaces like this, like Chris said, like we got to create spaces like this, but I also think like really important is we have to create those spaces amongst black women. I mean, that's, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, obviously we can do a lot by ourselves, but we won't fully get there just with us. Um, honestly, I think need is a, a main word for me. Like, you know, obviously we need black women. You know what I mean? Just like we all know that black women need us. But 
if one party is thinking that you don't, you, you're putting out a message or you're putting out energy thinking that, making them think that you they're unneeded or unwelcome or they can't speak freely, that's only going to cause problems. Um, and we can cry about it, we can bellyache about it, but that wouldn't be masculine. You know what I mean? Obviously, the masculine thing to do is to figure it out. Um, in a perfect world, I would love to get back to a point where we truly listen to each other. And amongst the brothers, that's great and that's fine, but we have to figure out a way to cultivate and introduce these comfortable, safe places for women to give us positive and negative feedback, like Bensky said, and we have to receive it the right way. Um, because if we create these spaces amongst women and we show that we're truly our leaders and we're willing to embrace those positive and negative aspects about some of the things we enact every day, we're going to be empowered. Like when you lean into women, women are naturally going to lean into what they feel is powerful. And that's real powerful. Like having that code of conduct, holding ourselves accountable, but also saying, yeah, what you said may be right but we're just not going to listen to you say, you know what I mean? Like we got it, but, but if we don't got it, then we can't claim that we can't say, yeah, that message about our crime in our communities is it's a great message, but we need to take it more seriously when we say, it. you know what I mean? Um, I forgot what it was, but it was a quote. He said, you ever want to find out what a black person really thinks, put them in front of a white person. I think it was Malcolm X who said that. You know what I'm saying? We have to like shed that mentality where we feel like we have to be different amongst ourselves and then a, another way out in society. Because if we don't have that code of conduct, we're never going to be backed up, um, positive or negative. We're, we're not going to hold the, the negative side accountable. You know what I mean? You know, we, we're going to have the R. Kelly's running around, running them up. But then also the people that are really the leaders of our community, the people that need that backup, we're not going to have a lady to stand on. We're not going to, we're going to feel fearful to back them up, even if they're speaking truth. You know what I mean? So we just got to have that duality. Um, obviously I can say this and I think the true definition of manhood is realizing your place in the universe and realizing that, you know, we can rise as high as possible with women, but we only go as far as men take us. It takes, and you can reverse that however you want, but I truly believe that. You know what I mean? So that's what I think we can like inject into the, the, the form that we have here and this energy that we have. We got to take that out into our everyday lives, whether we're sons, cousins, nephews. I'm a husband, um, grandfather too. It's weird. I, I am a grandfather. We have to take that out into the world. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I think also to piggyback off what you said. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I feel like you said it, but um, the space to admit you're wrong um, on both ends, you know, or your yeah. your assumptions about, um, I, I, I guess even whatever topic you think, you just need to to have have the 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 ability to admit you're wrong. You know, you can't argue or discuss something with someone without being open minded. Uh, we had an episode with Mouse Jones, and he was talking about how. Um, uh, when he discusses something or he's uh, in, in a room talking with people, he'll always listen to both sides no matter what. And I think that really needs to, um, it needs, it needs to be more prevalent in, in, in issues like this, you know, cause we can always go back and forth. You can always go back and forth arguing with someone, but you need, you really need to read and listen and, and, and admit, you know, you're wrong. 
if you're especially if you're talking about uh, a subject matter that may not affect you so yeah for sure for sure so on that note do you gentlemen have any last words you want the listeners to to take away any last points it could be hey guys can, can i just can i go first because you know obviously my family man i gotta get home to my family my wife my last words i'm gonna keep it very short and simple um put love out there in the universe um you know, obviously try to be a master of your own destiny as much as you can. And to all the men, any man that comes across this, I want them to take from this. Look, you know, create your own safe place. Um, don't be ashamed of who you are. I mean, don't be ashamed of your place in the world, because if you know your place in the world, then you know where you need to be. You know how you can get to where you want to go. Um, don't get caught up in these false pretenses of what masculinity, what people think it is. Um and also the last thing, get real in tune with your emotions. And that's something that I'm trying to work on within myself, you know what I mean? Through therapy and through self-growth, like get in tune with your emotions, the good ones, the bad ones, all of that. Um, Cause being masculine is not always looking macho, it's mastering all of your emotions, period. So that's what I want to leave with you guys and leave with um, whoever follows the podcast. I, I definitely appreciate, love all you guys. Appreciate having me. I mean, this is obviously, again, it's so new to me, but it's, I mean, I'm honored to, you know, be be able to fellowship with you, man. For sure, for sure. We definitely appreciate that, Brian. Um, if you need to hop off, uh, feel free to do so. We want to make sure that you get home safe. So Yeah, yes. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So we thank you very much for joining us our conversation. Definitely very insightful. I learned a lot. I hope you uh, listeners learned a lot um, from them as well. Get home safe. Yeah. Um, enjoy the rest of the evening. And be- hey, Besky, hit me up later on, and um, Adeem, give me your information too, okay? All right, for sure. We'll yeah, do- definitely. All right, all right, Chris. Hey, Chris, much love to you, man. You have a good one. You too. All right, for sure, for sure. All right, Chris, if you want to go, do you have any last words? Use your best judgment. You know, the, one of the things is, that, again, a lot of what you heard tonight, a lot of what you heard in this episode, um, they're all relevant to what our social makeup, and you have to just use what feels – uh, based on your gut instinct. And if you, you know, when something is not right, call on, you know, call it out, you know, being, having, being open, not afraid to be able to speak up. You know, I think one of the things I could tell you from, you know, my, um, you know, growing up and everything like that, I didn't have a father in my life until I was 13. So I had to derive some of the things that I seen just from around me. I didn't know where to pull the best judgment out of, but I think one of the things, again, you have to be able to do is um, find people who are mentors, you know, go, go to somebody that's, honestly a brother that's doing it in, the, in your community in your family that you can look up to i think that's something that i had to i had to uh, be, able to be able to accept and be open to have um and and just being able to seek the knowledge you know if you as long as you you know um fellowship with people that actually are doing it older brothers i always say if you can go to older older adult people older adult men you gain so much knowledge about who you are as a as a person um and where you're going so i think that's going to be the best thing to do for sure for sure always um always seeking wisdom man always seeking wisdom for sure uh Edom, any 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 last words uh so i feel like this is such a um uh reoccurring theme uh, a little bit in my life because i listen i'm starting to listen to more and more podcasts and um even Brian kind of just said it, but, uh, I think, um, 
therapy is really good for uh, uh, specifically uh, black men. Um, or just just don't be afraid to talk about your emotions. Uh, again, I mean, I don't have a therapist, but uh, I, I feel Bensky is kind of my therapist or even my, my sister, I've been relying on her. We've been, um, when, uh, when I was down in Virginia, she was like in my apartment for a good month. So we would talk. So um, I think therapy, I used to knock it a lot, a lot like uh, um, years back when my sister uh, first started. But I, I really think therapy is a really healthy healthy tool uh if you have i think just being able to put into words how you feel is just so so relieving and so it just it's positive you know because once you know and pinpoint what it is um you can work on it and and even just having it's it's a small it's usually a one-on-one group uh one-on-one space where you can just talk about your emotions and how you feel and you know like i said before even if the person doesn't know how you're feeling they can uh you know, just listen. Not for sure. Um, yeah, I, I would have to agree and kind of piggyback off of all that. Like, um, accountability, we use that word a bunch. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's just being, being aware of, like you said, being aware of your actions, being aware of your emotions, being aware of your reactions. Um, you know, you can't always, you know, control necessarily your environment. To an extent, you necessarily can't control your environment. Maybe like if you're born into a certain situation, you may not be able to um, control, you know, certain situations that happen to you, but you can always control how you react to it. You know, that's almost like a quote by Mewtwo, you know, in, in that movie. You may not be able to, like the circumstances of one's birth, something like that, um, you know, you can't, you can't necessarily control that, but you can always control how you react. So I think, you know, just being aware um, of your actions, reactions, of your emotions, being aware, really understanding um, how, how you act and how you kind of play a part. Um, I think that's very key. Um, you know, again, I don't necessarily have a therapist, but I'm glad that I do have people I can go to when I do feel a certain way or, you know, I can, you know, express my emotions and things like that. Um, and I can always do better, you know, that's something that we can always do. Um, but I think that's definitely, you know, um, definitely comforting. I'm also a man of faith. So I think, you know, that always helps. That kind of helps keep me down too, you know, like prayer and all that stuff. So I think, you know, finding finding what you can to, to really, you know, have downtime. And I think one last, you know, also piece of advice, um, personally, what I like to do kind of like at the end of every day is kind of just take quiet time to kind of just reflect. I think maybe that's like the last, you know, big part, just being able to reflect on yourself. You know, what did I do today? How did I act? What happened? You know what I'm saying? What can I do better tomorrow? How can I be a better person? How can I be a better, you know, you know, whatever, son, husband, wife, whatever, you know, I think really just taking time every day to sit there, really just reflect on yourself and just see how you can be better. Um, you know, it, it may seem so simple, but like, it really does, you know, do a lot when you can really take time and be like, you know, that's how you put in practice that accountability. Okay. What did I do today? Maybe I shouldn't have reacted like that. All right. Next time I'm in that situation, let me try to do better, you know, and it, it sounds simple, but it can really, it can really, really do a lot. So, um, that's my last input on that note. Um, yo, I want to thank, thank you guys. Well, Brian hopped off. So Chris, I want to thank you very much for hopping on today's episode. But before we go, I want to make sure that you are telling the audience about, you know, your 
culture to unplug all the you know things that you're doing so i don't take some time for you to shout your socials let people know what you're doing um where they can follow you and all that good stuff Sure. Thank you, brother. So I've started a, a platform to really uh, help young black men thrive. And I, I kind of piece back to uh, some of the experiences and mistakes that I made as a young man and um, in my 20s. And, you know, always this running theme of I wish I could go back to redo the things that I, I did so that I could, you know, take a, a better streamlined path forward, but we can't do that. So, and how do I, what do I do? I want to be able to say, Hey, let me create this platform on YouTube called culture unplugged um, where I can be able to talk about the challenges that we face as, as young black men. And that's going into anxiety, depression, fashion, mistakes, uh, mistakes with women, especially, um, you know, going into work at a corporate America or being able to handle relationships on a personal or even a, a, a regular professional level. So I am talking about all of those things so that you're able to grasp, uh, the, you know, new success for yourself and you're not making those same mistakes, but you can definitely contact me directly through um, Instagram at covered culture underscore and at cultured unplugged as well. Of course, uh, if you go to YouTube, also cultured unplugged, I'm releasing new content on a weekly basis, already have four episodes up on there. You might even see five by the time you actually see this episode. So definitely keep it locked with us and stay unplugged. Man, I love it. Love, love to hear it. Um, Edom, do we have any closing items? Nothing. Really um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think uh, so. We do Stay got some from merch. Uh, this yeah, ain't, there you go. Yeah, but we do have some new merch that ain't out to the public yet. But shout out to Sosa, he was on our podcast. He made our Black Lives Matter hoodies, and he made our Everybody Eats. So you know, we gotta give a shout out to him and our Black businesses, so you can see embroidered right because everybody loves embroidered plus with the black silk on the inside so we got some new drips on everybody eats um we got some hoodies t-shirts long sleeves so these are a little bit exclusive right now to us but you know maybe in the future we can get some demand we'll, we'll have that out to the public um he also made that beautiful uh black lives matter hoodie that you know, i die that nice little little silk on the inside yeah yeah so shout out to sosa shout out to all our black businesses um you know we got to represent um oh, what you say chris i was asking who designed the the, the hoodies who designed the, the um it's our it's our boy sosa he was on a podcast um but he's been he's the one uh literally grinding these out so we just said i'm like yo like can we make some some hoodies for us he's like i got you so he's been one putting um putting the embroidery with the silk on the inside so um for sure, for sure. So he's been doing that. Um, man, on that note, all our social media plugs, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We know that everybody eats podcasts on YouTube. Um, yo, we're really trying to grow up the channel. We have all our videos up there. So make sure that you're liking, um, liking, subscribe, doing all that, sharing with your friends. Uh, yo, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, make sure you're following us on all those platforms. That's where we're at. New episodes coming out every week. Man, I think that's it. Stay, stay, stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Peace. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm.